I have rarely met a person who's committed a crime who doesn't love their children. It just means they often had something that overwhelmed them. Their demons were bigger than that love could overcome. Hello and welcome to another episode of the Interesting People Podcast. I'm Patrick Haynes, and today I am joined by Sherry Ostro-Shear, the president and founder of COIP, the Children of Incarcerated Parents Partnership. That's us. How are you doing, Sherry? I am great, and thank you for having me. Well, thank you so much for joining us. Let's kick it off. For people that are not familiar with COIP, mm-hmm. what is COIP? We are a nonprofit, all-volunteer group that has a very simple mission. Our mission is to make the lives of children who have an incarcerated parent better, but that means that we often have have to serve their caregivers and even the person who's in jail because all of those people make up that child's important people. That's got to be such a complicated issue to deal with. It's extremely complicated because it all depends on the age of the child in terms of how they feel about that person in jail. It depends on the person in jail in terms of how they relate to the child. And it depends on the caregiver in terms of how they're feeling about having gotten all this responsibility when they may have least expected it. I'm discovering children is kind of a wild term. What are the ages of kids that you help out? Birth through 18. Mm. So we keep it very broad. In fact, on Sunday, I'm meeting with a woman who's about 22, whose mom has been in and out of jail all of her life. And last week, I met with a man who was 35, who just needed to talk because his dad was in when he was 8 to 13. Mm. And he just wanted to talk about what feelings he has about this. But basically, birth through 18. So caregiver is also an interesting term there too. Do you find with incarcerated parents, you probably have things where it's one parent or both parents? Absolutely. What kind of caregivers do you run? Is it aunts, uncles, or just someone not even related taking care of kids? The answer is yes. A lot of people think the children wind up going into the foster care system. Some do. I think nationally it's about 10%, but very often it's the grandparent who steps in, often the grandmother, or the mother of the children when the man is in jail, not as often the husband or boyfriend, the father of the children steps in, though I've met many of those people. It all depends on circumstance. Sometimes it's siblings of the person who's in jail who come forward. So it runs the gamut. You also see like older siblings supporting younger siblings? Yes. In fact, I see it on both sides. I see older siblings who step in to help the child. I've met those people. And I meet women in jail who I just met a woman last Wednesday night who's the oldest of 13 children. She took care of those children, and now she's in jail. Every situation is unique. Every situation is difficult and individualized. Can't imagine the strain that would put on an organization, because a lot of cases you have like a one-size-fits- like we did a food drive, they had prepackaged bags. There's no prepackaged anything for this. Yeah, that's absolutely true. And as I said, every story is different. In my own opinion, and it's just an observation, the heroin and strong drug use that we're seeing has also changed the landscape. It used to be that the average age of a child who had a parent in jail was eight years of age, eight or nine. Now it's younger because a lot of young people who have little children go to jail and then suddenly someone is going to be watching an infant or a toddler or a two, three or four year old. What happens to a child where the mother gives birth in prison? We work most closely with the local detention 
Center, Frederick County Adult Detention Center. That person goes into labor, is taken to Frederick Memorial Hospital, gives birth, and pretty quickly goes right back into jail. Generally, that child will go into foster care, let's say overnight, Mm. while everything is sorted out. And then hopefully a caregiver from the family comes, swoops up that child, and takes care of that child. The issue that I see when I'm working with people who've just given birth is that they've had no time to bond. Mm. It's a very confusing state of mind. I had a friend whose child had to go into the NICU, and that was very difficult. I can't imagine never seeing your child immediately just not even in the same building going to foster care. That is absolutely right. And I'll talk to you a little bit about what we do, but I've met over the years a number of women who have given birth and then they're back working with me. And this is a very tricky kind of time. How do people come into contact with COIP? Uh, yeah. Do you reach out to people? Is there like a helpline, a hotline? How do, is we it all We don't have a hotline. Everything differs. An example is Monday night I'm doing a workshop for Head Start. And Head Start has worked with me often to help identify families that may have a family member in jail. Housing Authority. I'm going to be doing a series of workshops for them on children's feelings, but I'm specifically going to be dealing with anger that Mm. children may feel. And those workshops hopefully will bring some people into our fold that maybe didn't know about us. We put signs up at the jail. I teach at the jail every Wednesday night. I teach parenting. So little by little, our word gets out there. We have Facebook. We have ex-inmates who spread the word, but it seems to be word of mouth. There's a difference between jail, prison, and detention centers, right? Yes. When I refer to the jail or the detention center, that's where you go for a brief period of time while you are waiting to go to court, while you are waiting to be transferred to Jessup or a bigger jail, or while you are waiting to go home, meaning maybe you'll go to court and be found innocent. That's also where you go if you've then broken your parole once you get out. I think of prison as the place you go once you have your sentence. And I've worked with women in the detention center who then have gotten 40 years. It's quite different because there you're living your life. 40 years, that's your child would be 40-year-old at the end of that. Do you guys help with visitation? I open it and always say to the women when they go off, I'll be there for you. Not many have taken me up on it. One woman was a social worker and was sentenced to eight years. She lived in West Virginia, was very worried about her eight-year-old daughter, got in touch with me before she went in to serve her time through, I think it came through Facebook, as I recall. We started just talking, and she stayed with me through her whole sentence. I think she wound up serving five years. She just would write me letters, and I would write postcards back just saying, you can do it, you can do it. And now she's out, and she's trying to start a group like ours in West Virginia. where she has subsequently now lived. What are some of the programs you guys do? What are some of the stuff you offer as well? We're all volunteers, so it's so interesting how fast we've grown. Every Wednesday night, my friend Kathy Anderson and I teach parenting classes at the detention center. And it used to be that I would go in and I would have 25 women and I might do discipline for four weeks. I'm an ex-early childhood educator. I was a supervisor for Frederick County Public Schools. Next year is my 50th year in education, so I I have information to share. The jail came to me, the detention center, and said, yours is a popular class. What about getting it down to 
eight sessions limited to 10 women. And if they complete satisfactorily the eight sessions, they will get 10 days off their sentence. I tell the women, if I don't show up, check the obituaries because I'm there with Kathy. And we have a very good time talking about various topics. We have sharing fairs at the jail. We started with one. Now we do them six or seven times a year where we stand outside. We give away resources, blankets. At Christmas, we'll have cocoa and hot chocolate and cookies. We have face painting, we give away shoes, clothing, and we make the day better. Plus, we share information about good programs for caregivers, such as Ready Rosie, which is something you can get on your app, and we have permission to give it for free. We have emergency resource cards for people around the holidays. I hear from many. Walmart gift cards. We don't give money, but Walmart gift cards. Mm. We have multiple scholarships at Frederick Community College, and I think we're the only people in the nation like this where we give scholarships to caregivers. We have a lending giving library at the detention center itself because children used to have nothing to do when they would visit. That meant they ran around going crazy and driving us all crazy. (laughs) So now they can go in and look at books and then take books on their way out. Shirley White, Greta Benson, Raina Blakely all help run that part of the program. We are having something Monday, free haircuts for Mm. children who have someone incarcerated. We're limiting it to six or seven children. We're trying it out. So the list of what we do goes on and on. But one of the things we do is I will meet one-on-one with anyone, either an inmate who's gotten out or a caregiver who's struggling with a child. And we just meet at Starbucks or Panera's. I treat for coffee Hmm. and we just talk about what that child may be going through at that stage of development. And that also is what I will do through workshops throughout town. So we have so many irons in the fire and we're beginning to get into the work of working with caregivers and parents when the person comes out of jail because parenting from afar is what we call it when you're in jail and now it's up close and personal and that has its own difficulties. Certain cases almost like they'd be meeting their kids for the first time. You've got it and I did have a woman at the jail say to me two weeks ago when I talked about reentry, she said Sharon Even when I was there, I was not there. My Mm. drugs took me out of that house. And I thought that was very deep and very courageous of her because if you are very busy with whatever you're doing that isn't acceptable, you may not have been mentally there. And then you leave. And for a child, even a few months away, that child has really changed. Is there a cycle? Do you see a lot of kids of incarcerated parents end up incarcerated themselves? I'm so glad you said that. Most people think that's what happens, and that common sense would tell us, sure. Statistically, that is not true. Really? What we know from the research is that if you are involved in the juvenile justice system as a child, there is a better chance you're going to be involved in problems in jail as you get older. But if your parents in, it does not mean that you will go in. It all depends on your parents and the caregiver understanding parenting skills, understanding child development, and you having strong community resources and social ties that keeps you out of that. The woman I'm meeting with on Sunday, who I mentioned earlier, is in graduate school for social work, and her mother's been in and out all of her life. That's pretty extraordinary. The cycle doesn't have to continue as long as people can help you break the cycle. Are there other misconceptions that you're worried about that people have for children of incarcerated parents? I think there's a misconception that the inmate who's committed the crime doesn't love 
his or her children. Mm. I think that's, again, common sense. Well, if they really loved their kids, they wouldn't have done it. Or why should those kids get anything? Look what their parents did. I have rarely, rarely met a person who's committed a crime who doesn't love their children. It just means they often had something that overwhelmed them. Drugs is a very good example. I've rarely met someone who's done drugs. It's led them to crime. They wind up in jail. They absolutely adore their children, but their demons were bigger than that love could overcome. And I see that all the time. So that's another stereotype, I would say. The third is that the number of women in jail has gotten huge. I believe it's gone up 467% since 1980, between 1980 and the last statistic, which was 2012. And seven out of 10 of those women are mommies. So you have a lot of kids now who are dealing with a missing mommy, not a missing daddy, oh, and man. often both. So you're the president and founder. Yeah. You said that you had an education background. What led you to starting Quape? I'm 70 years old now. It took me a long time to come clean about this. I grew up in a lower middle class house in Brooklyn, New York. My parents were both college graduates, and I was particularly close to my dad. He was a great guy. My children know that. Everyone who met him knew that, but he made some bad choices, Mm. and he wound up serving time. And once that happened to me, it was very clear to me that if I ever had the ability, I would have to do something for kids because it was a extremely confusing, lonely road. My heart breaks for those children. And I just had someone donate something for a silent auction we're having, and I thanked him. I don't know this gentleman. And he wrote a note saying, I wish this had existed when I was little. And that's what I find, that a lot of us have those secrets. I knew I had to start something, and then eventually, in addition to early childhood supervisor, I was named head of family involvement for Frederick County Public Schools, and it seemed like it was time to start. At that time, a friend of my children got into some trouble, made some bad choices. I wound up visiting him once a month to pay forward anyone who had been kind when my dad got in trouble, and I saw kids running around at a different jail, and Mm. I thought, I can't wait any longer. Thus, Coip was born about 15 years ago. How has it grown over the years? We started with $200. My husband gave me a check and said, here, have at it. <laughs> and now our budget is over $60,000. We started where I couldn't find very many volunteers. If we had three people, four people come to a meeting, I was pretty happy. Now we may have 15 or 20 people sitting around the table. We started where I could really, I keep saying, I, 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 I could do all of it and mm. just check in with people. I no longer can, but I have these wonderful people. Someone's running the library. Everyone's helping with our silent auction. My friend Kathy, as I mentioned, does parenting classes. I'm not alone. We just keep growing in terms of the dedication of people who want to help out. Those are the big changes. The other is that I've seen the jail population grow, and where we used to always think they were those people, Mm -hmm. I speak at Rotary, I speak at colleges. I speak whenever asked. And when I ask the question, how many of you have known someone who's gone to jail? It has gone from very few hands going up to every hand. And I'm generally speaking to middle class folks. So that has been the very big change. Or a hand won't go up, but someone will come up to me as I'm leaving and say, I didn't want to say anything. But my brother, my sister, my mother, my father has been in. 
My goodness. Yeah. So what kind of annual events do you yeah. guys, or events in general? In terms of fundraising, we are part of the United Way's Unity Campaign. Oh, really? And this was our fourth year. And while that is a huge amount of work, it also is a huge payoff for us. And we had our best year ever. Just got a check for over $17,000. That's amazing. And then Tuesday night, December 5th, we have our silent auction at the Delaplane, and that is a very big fundraiser for us. We were working hours last night working on our bid sheets and what we do. Those are our two big counts on them annually, but then there are events that happen all through the year. Curious Iguana Bookstore has been a fabulous partner. They have helped us learn about the Helen J. Serini Foundation, and we have two readathons oh, at cool. in the window of Curious Iguana, which come up in in spring and May, we have been part of the Cupcake Run when that was around. We have a lot of events that find us. The Muse downtown did a big fundraiser for us last year that raised a huge amount of money. In addition, our sharing fairs at the jail where we stand outside and give away things happen now, Christmas Eve day, Christmas day, and then we have all through the year a back-to-school one, a November one, where we give away resources for children there. The last day of every eight-week parenting session, we let the women I'm working with choose books for their children and do watercolor cards for their children. We have special permission from the jail. And in February, we even bring in for Valentine's Day teddy bears or stuffed animals that the inmates who've taken parenting can put a personal message in and we mail them out so when their children hear that message in their parents' voice when they hug that bear, they know that's their mom. So we have regular events and then fundraising events that now have different times of the year when they happen. I like to end every interview I do with the exact same question. Uh What has you excited? What are you looking forward to in 2018? Wow. What has me excited is our growth and the fact that we've just reorganized our board of directors. So now we're going to have a working board of people who are going to be taking on each of the things that I mentioned so that we will be stronger than ever before as we've gotten bigger. And what I'm very excited about is all the work we're going to be doing with reentry. We now have permission to do some reentry classes at the jail, and then we're going to be doing coffee with COIP, probably <laughs> the weekly or monthly. We're figuring it out where we can meet with people who've gotten out of jail, who have children, so we can talk about all the issues that they may be meeting, and we're extending our workshops to the ex-inmates so we make sure we cover a wide variety of topics. Awesome. So if people want to find out more about COIP, you have a website, Facebook? Yes, COIP.Fred But if you go to our Facebook, Children of Incarcerated Parents Partnership, you will find us and that will lead you to the Facebook, to the webpage, and we are out there. Thank you so much for your time, Sherry. Thank you. I can't thank you enough. Take (laughs) care and happy holidays. Thank you.